0: Thank you so much for the welcome. It's wonderful to be back in Kingsgate again. It always feels like coming home, so it's it's great to celebrate Mother's Day with you. I do think it was particularly cruel that they made the cl- lose an hour. The clocks went forward last night because what is the thing that mothers need most? Sleep sleep. I hated whenever I was going through that period of sleep deprivation. In fact, one of my daughters said recently, oh, sleep, it's a bit overvalued. <laughs> I don't know that it is actually. Um, we all need, we need some sleep, but it's wonderful to be here. And as Dave said, we're going to pick up on this whole idea that at the cross where Jesus died, that we can have an exchange. And today we're particularly thinking about the subject of hope and I think hope is a very undervalued word we use it in lots of situations when we really aren't are expecting the opposite for instance if you said I hope Priscilla will be on time it's probably because you know me and would know that more often than not I'm late and if you said about my husband Paul I hope Paul remembers our wedding anniversary well then you definitely wouldn't have a hope of that ever happening <laughs> It's usually afterwards, he said, do we have a wedding anniversary? Um, but, you know, we use that word in those kind of settings. But biblical hope, the hope that we want to talk about this morning is entirely different. In fact, Paul the Apostle writes in the New Testament to a church in Ephesus, and this is, he, he prays this prayer for them. And he says, I pray That the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people, that you would know the hope that He has called you to. We do live in a world that is filled with despair at so many different levels. We only had to turn on the news this week to see what was happening in our own country and then even wider field amongst the nations and there is a lot of despair in our world and not only at that level but at a personal level too we can carry an amount of despair with us in our lives. We've maybe had a series of disappointments, a series of discouragements, it settles into a disillusionment in our hearts. And that can very quickly turn into despair. Perhaps life hasn't turned out just as you expected it to be. That you have experienced setbacks in your family, marriage, in your business, in the career that you thought that you would take, perhaps even in your health. And it's so easy as we focus on those things that haven't turned out as we expected them to feel that sense of despair. In fact I was talking to a friend recently and she said she woke up one morning and she found herself weeping and she, she really wasn't sure what it was that she was weeping about and after a while she said I was weeping for the life that I thought I would have lived and many of us could identify with that can't we because Despair just seems to be part of the world that we live in. But in that world of despair, what we need more than anything is hope. A hope that is bigger than ourselves. A hope that is beyond our circumstances. A hope that isn't based on the fact that everything in life should go well, because that's not going to be our experience. A hope that isn't about there'll be nobody in my life that will ever let me down. It's got to be a hope that is beyond those things. And today we are celebrating Mother's Day. And of course, motherhood particularly comes wrapped in its own package of hopes and dreams, doesn't it? I mean, as we see the children being dedicated this morning, it's so exciting, and you see the potential in those little lives. And you know those mums and dads have got a whole package of hopes for those children um, as they prayed for them this morning. There's lots of things we hope for our children. I suppose, if we're being honest, we hope that they're going to be happy, don't we? My husband, Paul, always says, you're only as happy as your unhappiest child. And that's true, you know, even when they grow older, we want them to be happy. We hope as well that they'll be healthy. What do you do? How do you maintain hope when your baby or your child is sick or is diagnosed with a disability or or even when your hopes are completely dashed? Through loss. Where do you go for hope in those situations? We hope that they're going to be successful. In whatever way you would define success, sometimes we define it in terms of they'll have a good education, a comfortable lifestyle, they'll have the influence. I think I was aware of that when I was bringing the girls up because I was the first in my family to go to university. And so, you know, th- that was important to me. And I had huge hopes for the girls. But I had to be careful because I also had a friend who was a little bit older than me. And she was a teacher. And her daughter decided not to go on to university. And I, she just she didn't cope with it very well. And so her daughter kind of always felt that sense of disapproval. And so even with our hopes and dreams and how we relate to our children, it is so crucial. Of course, when you're a Christian and you're a follower of Jesus, your definition of success is probably about the fact that you want them to embrace your values. You want them to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. You want them to cherish what you cherish, and your greatest desire is that they will love Jesus, that they will love people, and that they'll serve God. But you know, those hopes can be dashed as well. And where do you go when that happens? And so as I was thinking about this, I was thinking, is there hope for motherhood? And when I really thought about that, I thought, my hope in being a mother, my hope in being a grandmother is no different to all the other areas of my life. It's exactly the same hope that I need. And so that's why this hope that we're talking about this morning is not just for parents, it's not just for mothers, it is for all of us. The hope that is available to us, that God offers to us. My hope comes through my relationship with God. That's where my hope comes. Is, in fact, we sang it this morning. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. What are we saying when we're saying that? We're saying that it's because of the cross, that God loved us so much that he sent his only son Jesus to die on that cross for us so that we could be reconciled to God, so that we could have a relationship with God as a father, so that we could know forgiveness in our lives, so that we could know that this world isn't all that there is, that there is something beyond that, and we could have hope for the future. It is that hope that we can build our lives on and that it's to the cross we come with those feelings of despair, those feelings of hopelessness, and we can bring it to that place and say, I'm going to exchange this for the hope that you are offering me, God. Again, Paul writes to a young man, Timothy, and he says in 1 Timothy 4, That is why we labor and strive, because we've put our hope in the living God, who is the savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. I was singing a song recently, and and there's a line in it that says, peace, it has a name. And as I was singing it, I was thinking about hope, and I suddenly thought, hope also has a name, and his name is Jesus. It's centered around him, And it's because of the cross that we actually can. The Bible describes it as being born into hope. And it's a living hope. It's something that's real. It's something that impacts your life on a daily basis. When you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ... That's what the Bible tells us happens. You're born into this living hope. First Peter 1 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. When you come to Christ... It is a supernatural thing. I'm not saying to you this morning that if you're carrying despair in your heart, if there's a sense of hopelessness, you know, shake yourself down, have a better mental attitude, be more optimistic. I personally find those things don't work. This is not just for the optimistic. This is for all of us. I and mean, I'm married to an optimist. So, you know, and, and there are people who just always think you know, the best, Paul thinks I'm a pessimist. I say, I'm not a pessimist, I'm a realist. In fact, it was brought home, we were traveling to Cape Town in February, and um, the girl very kindly was, we were checking in, saw Paul's long legs, and gave us a bulkhead seat, and that was great, and we were getting on the flight, and our boarding cards beeped, and the optimist Paul leant over and whispered in my ear, we're getting an upgrade. Whereas I'm thinking, what's wrong? What's wrong? Why is it beeping? <laughs> and then, of course, the, the, the guy said, we've got two families on the flight tonight, Mr and Mrs Reid, so we've given them your bulkhead seats. We know you won't mind, you'll be sitting behind them. <laughs> <laughs> and even when Paul's legs were up around his neck and uh, he didn't have very much space, he still re- remained the eternal optimist and said, just think how much money we're saving by flying on this airline. <laughs> I'm going, I don't want to think about that at this moment. <laughs> So I'm married to an optimist, but the hope that we're talking about this morning is not for a personality type. It is for all of us, and it is especially when we're feeling hopeless. God, it says in the Bible, is the God of all hope. He's the God of all hope, and what he says to us today is, there is forgiveness, there is a new beginning. You can put your past behind. There's freedom from guilt. There's freedom from shame. There's healing. There's restoration. There is a hope and a future for you. That's what God says to you this morning. Because when we put our hope in Christ, when we are born into this living hope, What happens is we become sons and daughters of the living God. He adopts us into his family. And he paid an incredible adoption fee for you, an outrageous adoption fee for you by giving his son. We can have hope in the fact that not only are we born into this living hope and into a relationship with God, but he puts his Holy Spirit inside of us. And it is the Holy Spirit who gives us the strength to live for God, who helps us through those hard times, who walks with us, as Dave says, through the difficult times, through the valleys. And he gives us the power to overcome, and he gives us his peace and his love and his joy, even when life is hard, even through the pains and trials of life. If you talked to people in this place this morning and heard their stories, many of them would tell you stories of extreme pain, of extreme difficulty. But they knew that God was with them in the middle of it. And so it is possible even to have hope in those kind of situations. I believe God wants to put a key of hope in your hand this morning. It's more than a theory. We're not talking about theories here today. We're talking about a truth that you can experience and that you can live out in your life. Do you know Even as I'm saying that, I think it's beyond a key of hope for you as an individual. Kingsgate, I really believe that part of your call as a church that that God has placed on you, he has given you a key of hope. It strikes me that in the Bible, it talks about Jesus' blood. It speaks a better word. Well, do you know Kingsgate, you have a better word to speak into a despairing world. You have a better word to speak. You have a better word to speak about the nature of who God is, that he's a good father and he's full of love. You have a better word to speak about even the nature of church and what church can look like. You have a better word to speak into family life. You have a better word to speak in how we can live our lives. You have a better word to speak into your community, into how we can live together and interact together. You have a better word to speak into politics. You have a better word to speak because of your relationship with Jesus Christ. He's put a key of hope in your hand as a church, but today he wants to give you a key of hope as an individual. He is the God of all hope. And it's as we understand that, we can say, God, I can trust you. I can trust your word. In the Psalms, the Psalmist said, In your word I will put my hope. He is a good, good Father. He keeps his word, He will not disappoint you. My youngest daughter Amy works with children in inner-city Dublin and she said most of her work is about helping those children manage disappointment. They're often promised so much, um, but because of huge dysfunction in their family backgrounds, their parents often aren't able to come through with those promises and it feels to her that the children are permanently suffering disappointment. Well, when God is your father, he will not disappoint you. You can put your hope in him. You see, we also believe that we have an enemy and he he is real, he is a person, he is Satan. And he comes alongside people and tempts them to despair. He tempts them to embrace hopelessness especially in the hard times, especially when you're going through very difficult things or especially when you've failed. And then he comes and he wants you to abandon your belief in the goodness of God. He came to Jesus and he tempted Jesus, but Jesus kept reminding him of what God had said. And we need to hold on to God's word because that's what will give us hope even when it's out of sight. I love the story of Abraham in the Old Testament. God gave him amazing promises. He gave him amazing promises that they would have a child. But he also gave him amazing promises about birthing a nation through him. But Sarah and Abraham were old. They, they went past childbearing age. They, they, didn't, they didn't, in the natural, think, how is this ever going to be possible? But the Bible says that Abraham, against all hope, believed. That he, he, it was out of sight. But he knew God. And so he said, I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to trust your word. You will not disappoint me. And of course, he and Sarah had that baby that birthed a nation. Could I just say to you this morning, if God has given you certain promises... And you know that it was God who gave you those promises. And at this moment, despair is beginning to settle in your heart and spirit because it seems further away now than it ever was. I believe God wants to remind you today that he is faithful and he's true to his word and that you can hold on to the promises of God and you can put your hope in him. So we do pray for each other. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. As we live with Christ, as we grow in Christ, he wants us to be people who are spilling that hope out everywhere we go. Tomorrow, that in your workplace, that you can be that person who speaks the better word who speaks the word of hope. And why do we have hope? It's hope in the character of God. I suppose that's what we're talking about this morning, that God is good, that God is faithful, that God is loving. This is the God we believe in. This is who he is. It's his character, and his character is unchanging. So we can have hope. I love the fact that when we were singing this morning, we said he's unshakable. So when everything in my world is shaking, I have someone that I can hold on to because he is unshakable. And that's about hope in who he is as God, that he is a God who is in control, that he does work out his purposes in our world but also in our lives. I love the fact that the Bible describes God as a father to us, but you know, on Mother's Day, it's good to be remembered that or to remember that God isn't either male or female. And there's depictions of God in Scripture that helps you understand that He also knows what it is to have a mother's heart. I love that passage where Jesus is weeping over Jerusalem. And he's weeping and he says, I just I want to be like a mother hen. I want to gather you. Like a mother hen would gather her chicks and put them under her wings. That's how I feel about you. It was a mother's heart. In the Old Testament, God talks about, you know, a mother can't forget the baby at her breast. And he says to his people, Israel, and I can't forget you. That's the way I feel about you. It's so encouraging for us as parents to know that, God knows more about fathering. God knows more about mothering than we will ever know. And that he can be both mother and father to us. I think that's wonderful for single parents as well, to know that for our children, God can be both mother and father to them. And we hope in his strength God says that his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Well, do you know, that is particularly reassuring as mothers. I don't think I ever felt my weakness as much as when I became a mom. I just felt, you know, this little thing in my, I don't know how to do this. And, and I, I remember so well, we had a rocking chair and we still have it. I get to rock my grandchildren in it now, but you know, I remember so well sitting one one night, and Paul was coming in from work. Deborah was roaring her head off, and I was in comp- competition with her because I was nearly crying as loud as she was. And it was just like, I don't know what to do, and I am so glad that even as a mom, I could rely on the strength of God because I was so weak. And, you know, all through bringing your children up, there are just times that you feel like, you know, Lord, if you just give me a bit of space to grow up and become an adult, and then I'll come back to this whenever I know what I'm doing. I always felt as a mom, I was running around with an L plate on. It was a bit like, you know, whenever I, maybe I shouldn't um, say this with the guys being here, but, you know, whenever I was in labor with my first daughter, I remember saying to the midwife, If I could only just go home and come back again, I could finish this tomorrow. (laughs) But you feel your weakness. And God says, you can hope in my strength. You don't have to depend on yourself. Whatever you're facing in life at the moment, I can be your strength if you come to me. But you know something? This is what I love perhaps the most of all. We can hope in his forgiveness and his grace. If we need anything as parents, we need that grace of God that covers the things that we do wrong and that offers us forgiveness. How many times did I stand at the bottom of one of the girls' beds when they were small, crying my eyes out, saying, oh God, did I mess up big time today? I am so sorry. You know, you want to waken them. You want to cuddle them. You want to say, Mommy, God is so badly wrong today. Please forgive me. And you know they will. But it was wonderful to know that God also forgave you for the times when you didn't get it right. God isn't looking for perfect parents. He's not looking for perfect moms and perfect dads. He offers us grace and he offers us forgiveness. I love the fact that the Bible's full of stories of dysfunctional people and dysfunctional families. It really gives me hope because God moves in those people's lives, not because they were courageous and brave and wonderful and beautiful, but he moves in their lives because he loves them and he changes their circumstances. He comes in and they become beautiful because God loves them. They become courageous because God is with them. And so even in the middle of our dysfunction, we can have hope in his ability to work through those difficult situations. We're in good company when we feel that. That's why God does fill his word to encourage us that in our family struggles, that he is the God who can come in and strengthen us and hold us and transform our families through his power and through his grace. You know, when we're teaching teaching, Parenting principles, and it is good to. There's lots of good advice out there, there's lots of good courses you can do about how to become a better parent, you know, and how to parent your toddler, how to parent your teenager. You, You do know that the definition of a teenager is a child who can dress themselves if only they knew where to find their clothes, and so. You know, those, those parenting courses are amazing and, and we want to be the best parents we can be and we want to learn and we want to put those good principles into practice in our lives. But, you know, I think the problem with some of them is that they, they, they make you think that if you do A, B and C, D will always follow. And unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. Like, whenever I had my girls, I remember Deborah, my firstborn, she was a great eater. She would eat... Salads and the chicken, whatever it was. She would just eat everything. And so I thought I've got this sussed I know how to bring up a child. I know to get them to eat everything on their plate. No problem I'm a great mum. and then Lucy came along Swallow Lucy She would eat nothing I just, in the end, came to the conclusion that I didn't know too many 20-year-olds who only would eat chicken nuggets. So I sort of gave myself a bit of a break as a result of that. But you know what I mean? You think you've got it sussed and then it doesn't quite work out. That's why I'm so glad as a parent for the grace of God. That it's his love for our children, that he is the one that will move in their lives and touch their lives just as he wants to touch our lives. And that his grace covers our lack of wisdom at times, our inability at times, our weakness at times. I am so grateful for his grace in my children's lives as well as my own life. and You know, it is that thing of sometimes when you think you're doing it well and you take all the credit for it. I remember one of our girls at one point was making some very bad life choices and her sister said to us, she, she was 17 at the time, she said, Mom, because you beat yourself up when your child's making bad life choices, you do. And so her sister said, Mom and Dad, you can't take all the credit for me, so don't take all the blame for her that was really good advice. (laughs) She was absolutely right because she understood that who she was becoming as a young woman was to do with God's work in her life. It wasn't because we were the best parents on planet earth. Do you know that lifts a great weight off your shoulder as parents. I love this quote. Just as the gospel is not about getting ourselves to a place where we have no need for the grace of God, but realizing it is our only hope. So Christian parenting means placing our ultimate hope as parents, not in our abilities to parent, but in God's willingness to save. And so as we conclude this morning, I would say to you, is there hope for motherhood? Is there hope for parenting? A resounding yes. But for me, the better news is, is there hope for life? Is there hope for you, no matter what your marital status or your parental status, is there hope for individuals, men and women this morning, young people? And again, I can say a resounding yes, because my confidence is in the fact that God is the God of all hope. I know that if you come to the cross this morning, and that if you are going through a time of crisis at the moment, a time of despairing. You feel that sense of hopelessness in your life. I know that if you come to Jesus this morning, there you can exchange that despair and he will give you a living hope. And that will be my prayer for you today, that you will experience this, that it would be real in your life. And I'm going to pray now and the worship band are going to join me and we are going to stand and declare again that our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus and his blood and his cross. And then I do want to give you an opportunity that if you have never experienced this, that after we have sung, I'm just going to give you an opportunity to respond. And perhaps you could pray with me so that you today could enter in to that living, living hope. Let's stand together as we pray. Father, we do thank you that you're the God of all hope, that whatever we're facing in our lives right now, you want to come alongside us this morning. And you want to, To give us the strength and the grace to be able to exchange our hopelessness for your hope. Lord, as we declare and worship again that you are our only hope, that this hope is the only anchor for our souls, that you'll move across this room, Lord, and you will stir our hearts to come to the cross of Christ and experience the greatest exchange that we will ever experience in our lives. Hope for despair. In Jesus' name.